but it's not the same thing. Steph, Draymond, and Clay were openly willing to give KD the last shot. You're going to sit here and tell me that James Harden and Kyrie Irving are doing the same thing? A revolving door goes for $67,000 online, and they were paying Nate Soldier $10 million a year. You know, I always say it's like a fist fight in a phone booth. But what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with anything? I fear no man. I've said this before. If you breathe oxygen, it's fair game. I will come and take you away. I don't fear nothing. For how long do we have to sit here and tell Ben Simmons that he would be the next LeBron if he gets a jump shot until he actually does it? If anybody disagrees with me or anybody else on the show, there's always an open seat here. Ladies and gentlemen, phone booth on Com Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a different style at a different time uh, of phone booth on Com Radio, Com Radio Sports Debate Talk Show. And uh, I'm here with Grant Sheets and not Rob Cardini. Rob Cardini decided that he wanted to go to a bachelor party because that's more important, and it is. Um, we can sit here and we, we can argue uh, whether or not he prioritized himself. Um, but we have a lot of news points to hit on today because literally yesterday was like ground zero Thursday with news points. So, uh, we're just going to get right into things because, uh, for the sake of time, and we only have a half hour, and we wish we could have like three hours on this. But, uh, last night, uh, we'll start with the game before we get into the, the news. This is going to be a heavy NFL day. Um, Miami Dolphins, the two and seven Miami Dolphins decide that they want to play spoiler in the top of the AFC. And take down Baltimore 22-10. to 10. And it, it, the, the entire game just, just felt like the Ravens were, were struggling to get anything. Lamar Jackson couldn't run the ball. They tried to throw it 43 times. It, it just wasn't, it, you know, and it wasn't even like they were playing from behind. A lot of, the, a lot of it happened in the late third to early fourth. Uh, I mean, throughout the fourth quarter. Grant, what what was the biggest factor that that went into Miami taking down the uh, Miami taking down the Ravens? Uh, the AFC continues to just cause agonizing pain. I don't know. Every week you come in and you think you have a surefire game, whether it was the Jets against the Bengals, and now this week the Ravens against the Dolphins. And I'll tell you what it is. It's a little surprising. The Ravens cannot run the football. And actually, let me tell you why it's not surprising. You have Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. You got a backfield full of 30-plus-year-olds who haven't been productive in three or four years. And then when you rely on Lamar Jackson to throw the ball to Devin DuVernay, I mean, mm-hmm. Marquise Brown, he's, he's definitely been better. And a rookie in Rashad Bateman, uh, I mean, I guess it's a solid receiving core, but the team's bread and butter is running the football. And when you can't rely on something that's worked ever since Lamar Jackson came into the league, you're going to lose games. And this Dolphins defense, 
They've been awful all year, but they're it's a pretty solid group. If you look at the names, they've just been underperforming. They played last night how they should be playing. You force the Ravens to throw the ball through the air. You've got a pretty solid secondary back there, and Javon Holland. Well, we can talk about that another time. He's a very, very good safety. Mm-hmm. But this Dolphins team, they forced the Ravens to do what they're not accustomed to doing. And then Tua came in. I'm not a fan of Tua, but he came in and he did what he was supposed to do. See, I, I, where, where I sit on the Ravens is they are very predicated on who they play, who their matchup is. And if you play a team su- such as, the you know, the Chiefs, if you play a team such as, let's go with the Giants, right? T- defenses that are decent defenses in the past, but not really that great in the rush. Um, actually, the Giants are a little bit in mid-tier of everything. Uh, actually, uh, they might be... You know, lower in the rush. But what I'm saying is, uh, you need a great rushing defense in order to take down the Ravens, and, and that's why we see them so successful in the league because they can run with with three to four players at all times. You have Lamar Jackson. You have whatever running backs you have. You have you know, if you want to run jet sweeps, you have that fourth option. Um, my thing is when you run into teams into the playoffs, and the reason why they haven't had playoff success is because it's not sustainable. When you run into the Titans, uh, the two years that they lost to them, they were a very good rushing defense. And then the one year where they were subpar in the rush, they took them down. And then you play the Bills, who had somewhat of uh, outside of white, you had a, a really spotty secondary, but a really good rushing defense. And what happens is you lose those matchups and and then you try to scramble and you try to find an answer for why that's happening. I I don't really know. I can't give you a definitive answer on what, you know, went into this game. But it's not like the Dolphins are like top 10 in the rushing defense. Oh, far from it. Yeah, right now they're ranked about 16th in the league. So they're mid-tier. And... uh, it just doesn't it doesn't seem like it would be you know 4.2 yards a carry it it's not even like they're they're it's not like the 49ers and the bears and the bengals as i'm looking at the ranks right now where they're giving up all these rushing yards it's not even close and when you sit there trying to to derive between how this happened i mean i understand it felt like nothing's going for them last night, and it, the predicated was Justin Tucker missing a field goal. Realistically, never thought I'd say those words. And, you know, it, it does happen, I understand, but with somebody as consistent as Justin Tucker is, it's just you know that if Justin Tucker's missing field goals, your team isn't doing – or you, It's an off night. Yeah, you have bad luck. Um, but – I mean, hats off to Tua, hats off to the the coaching staff there trying to rebuild. Um, and j- just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe it because it was so surprising that this matchup was not the scheme fit because, I, again, I had that ideology that the Ravens don't lose to defenses that can't defend the run. I mean, you look back at the offensive line for the Ravens and it was, it was an awful game. You let Lamar get sacked four times. He was under pressure all game. The rushing attack had 94 yards, 4.1 yards a carry. 
I mean, what do you even make of that? That's just, I don't know if it's a bad night or this Ravens team, I really think that they need to start, they need to pick it up. If they're going to be a contender in the AFC, because a lot of people say, oh, the AFC is garbage this year. You know, there's, there's not many good teams there. I don't think it's that. I just think that there's a lot of closely meddled groups. It's there. very competitive. It's, it's, it's a very competitive. competitive conference. I wouldn't say it's bad because I'm high on the Patriots. I mm-hmm. think that the Patriots could make a run this year. I like the Bengals a lot. I still am eh on the Chargers. I don't really know what to make of them yet. It depends on how Herbert plays. It, exactly, exactly. I still think that the mm-hmm. Colts are a solid team. Titans might be the best team in football. You take down the Rams last mm-hmm. week, and it looked pretty well easy at we'll that point. That later. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that later. But I don't know, man. Ravens got to start picking it up if they're going to be legit contenders. You almost lose the Vikings last week. You get slaughtered by the Bengals, and now you lose to the Dolphins. And keep in mind, their schedule coming up isn't easy either. You got the Rams, Browns twice, Steelers twice. Very good rushing defense Rams, right off the bat. Packers. The, mm-hmm. This team could be in trouble, and I'm high on the Ravens too. I think Lamar Jackson right now, one of the best players in football hands down. Probably, well, if it weren't for you know the past couple of games maybe, maybe not the Vikings, but a game mm-hmm. like this, you can't have that if you're going to be in the MVP race. And I wouldn't say it's all on him. This rushing attack was abysmal last night. The stats did not, you know, 94 yards for any team. You look at that and you think it's maybe, you know, that's a solid night. But 94 yards from the Ravens, you expect a lot more. This team goes over 100 almost weekly like it's nothing. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's unfortunate. It it doesn't seem like that game was a a losable game. And I, I, I don't know how... You know the station feels about talking about other stations, so I won't name Joppa. But I was on I was on another show, and I literally put on the schedule, like who would win, and then is it obvious? Because I thought literally I thought it was obvious, and, and apparently not. But for the sake of time, we'll move. We'll we'll transition to what happened earlier Thursday morning. Uh, Superman is coming back to Carolina, and. After Sam Darnold comes down with a shoulder injury, um, two weeks in a row he's pulled from games, and then now you get Cam Newton back. What does this mean? Well, he he's he's he signed a one-year contract, ten mil with four point five guaranteed, and it was reported that they wanted a multi-year deal. Um, what does this mean for not only Cam, but what does it mean for the team going forward? All I'm going to say is that seventh seed is wide open. You watch out. I Look, a lot of people are down on Cam. He was practically jailed in the Patriots system for a couple of years. Couldn't be himself. I know you see him show up to press conferences with his goofy hats and outfits and whatnot, but it's clear he felt like he could not be himself. And that happens to a lot of Patriots players. You come in. That's why I didn't think the Odell situation was going to work if they signed him. You can't be yourself in that system. That is a winning mm-hmm. system where you put everything else aside and it's all strictly on winning. But you come back to the Panthers where he can be super cam. This team still has a shot at that seventh seed. They're four and five, and I think most of that relies on, on Darnold. Darnold was awful the past few weeks. In the first weeks, he was phenomenal. Well, it, it, the drop-off was – I don't know if you can you can blame that on injury, but it was it – was, 
it was such a difference between like weeks one through three and then four through six. Look, look at the defenses that he played. True, he played the Jets. Lost or no? They did beat the the Saints that game, but that's because they had a tremendous. Mm-hmm. They've been up performance. and down. Um, the Texans. Then you go into the the Cowboys game. That's when the losses started to stack up, mm-hmm. and then Darnold started throwing picks, and the confidence dropped down. He's seeing ghosts all over again, just like his rookie yeah. year back with the Jets. And now, you bring back Cam Newton. You're four and five. McCaffrey's back. You've got McCaffrey. You've got. I, they did trade Dan Arnold. I love Dan Arnold mm. for some reason. Um, <laughs> DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who's had a statistically down year, thanks to Darnold, and Terrace Marshall. Cam Newton is coming back into the best situation that he's had with the Panthers probably since his MVP year. That was ju- you know that was five years ago, five or six years ago. But you know, all things aside, he's healthy now. He's got a great team to play with. The offensive line is suspect. But he's got some weapons, and he's got a solid defense behind him. I think this Panthers team is going to go in behind Cam Newton, and they're going to snag that seventh seed. Yeah, I kind of back, um, for for sake of time, uh, I'm just going to say that I back everything that you said. Uh, th- this is supposed to be a debate show, but for, for the sake of you know how many news points there is, it's, it's feeling like a, a recap day. Um, for those listening at 10.30 and not when we usually go on on Fridays at 4.45, we usually have a, a debate where we scream our heads off like the intro is, but j- just for the sake of, you know, everything happening so quick and a lot of news points to talk about, uh, we just don't have a debate right now. Um, uh, we, we, will, we will send it to a break real quick, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, how the Rams are basically the Infinity Stones and apparently uh, Ben Simmons does not have great mental health. We'll be back. Hello there. I am the President of the United States, telling you to tune into Lunch Break, Mondays 12 to 12.30 on Com Radio. There, hosts Chip DeFalco and Dugan Lloyd break down all the biggest stories in sports and go over the past weekend's NFL slate. It's my new favorite show. Me, the President of the United States. Lunch Break, Mondays from 12 to 12.30, live on Com Radio. Hey, Dad, I'm really running low on some funds in my account, and I really think I need to get a job. You're in luck. Penn State Dining is already hiring students for all positions for the fall 2021 semester. Apply now and save yourself time later. Penn State Dining has great pay and flexible hours, so make sure to get your application in today. Go to foodservices.psu.edu today to take advantage of this amazing opportunity. That's foodservices.psu.edu. Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. You heard that right. Hockey Night in State College is back on Com Radio's airwaves from 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights with Chris Hess, Danny Murray, and Nate Pullen. That's 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights right here on Com Radio. Welcome back to Phone Booth on Com Radio.
Welcome back to Phone Booth on Com Radio. Com Radio is only sports debate show. And before we get into something that we can actually debate on, um, I just wanna I just wanna address the uh, elephant in the room and uh, something that we agree on again. Um, it, it's it's something that you know it's been lingering throughout the season, and uh, it's kind of you know a kind of like I don't want to say like a a you know pressing because everyone does not like the the situation rich paul a uh, american sports agent has came out and said that ben simmons feels like the 76er situation is taking a toll on his mental health please cry in a corner and he, he said over over when they were trying to trade him that his job was not to make his trade value better Meanwhile, his one job is to make his trade value so much better that he doesn't get traded. What do you? What do you? What are your impressions on that statement? I don't care what's said at this point. Just ship the man away. What are you doing? And it doesn't make anything better by just keeping him there, letting him rot, while Tyrese Maxey comes in and drops 30 points in back-to-back nights at the point guard spot. Just trade him away. What are you mm. waiting for? You've got a young point guard who's playing good ball right now. You're 8-5 and five on the year. He's just rotting. I, if he has mental issues or not, you know, right now, if it's taking a toll on his mental health, it is what it is. You know, that it, whether it is or not, that's not, that's not the issue here. It's the fact that you're just letting his value completely depreciate by just keeping him rotting away on the bench, inactive, while you've got some young players that are out here making plays and filling his role mm-hmm. nicely. Even with um, even with Embiid out the past couple games, this team has played pretty well. Maxi, Seth Curry, they, they've been stepping up in a big way and showing that this team does not need Ben Simmons to win games. Here's the thing about Ben Simmons, and, and you can co-sign on this because I believe we're at the same the same juncture as well. Ben Simmons, if you want to say that your mental health is tarnished, I am not going to say that your mental health is harmed. My thing is that we've already known this. This isn't new. We told you, and also, it's the thing is, this is what you signed up for. You join a league. All right, you were in college, right? You went to college and you did not care about it. You did not go to class consistently like you were supposed to because you knew that in LSU you were going to go to the league. You joined the league as a top prospect. And we told you that you would be a great player. Listen back to our intro. I mean, and he did not Make a, we told him get a jump shot. He doesn't, and if he doesn't, then that's his problem. What did Zion do when he needed to step up from the mid range? Well, look at look at all off season. He started shooting the mid range more in practice, and then you got Ben Simmons, who's crying because you know they're not doing this, they're not doing that. You know they don't think he's playing up to whatever. But like you said, this is his nine to five. This is his job. His job is to play for whatever team he's asked for step on the court, and play basketball. 
And the second that you don't want to do that, then quit. And get better. No one's no one's asking you to stay around. Just quit. Just yeah. retire. It's the same thing. I'm on the same boat with the whole Kyrie situation. If you don't want to play, quit. Just quit. He's found excuses the past two years now to sit out of games for whatever reasons. Go find another job. Please. I don't want to hear about your mental health. My mental health is, 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 is something that I can keep to myself, and if there's something outlying factor that's you know, coming in and, and saying that, then I'm going to get the help that I need. But my reason is if your job, if, you, if you've chosen a job that you want to keep and a situation that you're in that you put yourself in because you don't want to get better is the reason why your mental health is tarnished, please just cry about it. I don't... You put yourself in that situation because you want the job. And if you're, if the situation that's put yourself around you was taking a toll on your mental health, that to me just seems like an excuse to not get on the court for the 76ers. Yeah, and you and want them to force them to trade you. And going to the media first before actually finding help. Yeah, not even to our, coming to out our knowledge. Going to the Rich media. Oh, come on. You had Rich Paul do it for him. Garbage. Yeah. Um, next. So, yeah, next. Uh, we will move on to the next topic. Um, the big topic of last night um we were we were under the impression that odell was down to three teams right when he was coming off of waivers he cleared waivers he he there was rumors that he brought it down to three teams number one was green bay because of what um aaron Rodgers and and Devonte adams well Devonte adams actually went out in the media and said something number two was the saints hometown team Jameis once it goes down, so there's question marks there. It's also the same question marks of whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to play for the rest of the season or in coming seasons. Number three was the Seahawks because he wanted to play for a contender and he wanted to be the number one because I believe that if he went to the Seahawks, that he Russell Wilson loves slot receivers more than he likes an outside, so I believe that he would overtake DK Metcalf in being the number one. Then at 3.30, he decides that he wants to go to his off-season home and team up and be the last Infinity Stone in Sean McVay's gauntlet in the Rams. Now, does this make them the team to beat, not only in the NFC, but in the league? Uh, I mean, you just lost to the Titans, and you add a complaining Odell Beckham to your roster, who... I don't think is the player that he was four to five years ago. Now, look, adding Von Miller and Odell, sure, it's better than adding nothing at all. But I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team. I still think that the Rams are one of the teams to beat in the NFC. But I don't think Odell is the same player that he used to be. He hasn't put up a thousand yards in a couple seasons and barely broke it with the Browns. Hasn't gone over 1,300 since 2016. Does he need to be, though? Does he need to be that guy? Does he need to be Odell of like the Giants' Odell to win? No, but I'm confused what he wants at this point. He asked for his release from the Browns because this whole clip of Baker Mayfield overthrowing him left and right, and now you're going to be the number three option on a Rams offense that also has a pretty solid rushing attack. What does he want? The Browns were a contender. The Browns are now, what, 5-4? and four? They've got five wins on the year. They just beat the Tar off the Bengals. What does he want? He, he just He's hopping conferences to another contender. I don't know if you could put him as the third option in there. I, don't, Ex- I think he overtakes me? somebody. Um, 
Who? I, I know, would like to hear I, who. W- to be honest with you, if we're sitting in a box, right, I kind of drive this this team in the sort of sense of what the Bucks are with A.B., right? Because you have three number one receivers that on any other roster could be a number one receiver. And I think that what they're doing is Odell is going to fit that A.B. role because that's who he was. But we're talking, still is. we're talking Tom Brady versus Matthew Stafford. Tom Brady is known to distribute the ball True. to whoever. Look, all right, first off, I'll give you props because you, you said that the Rams were going to be the team that Odell signed with earlier this week. I didn't see that coming. But to think that Odell is going to come in and get 10 targets a game, that's not, no. That's, that's not, not, not going to happen. That's not, that's, that's not where I was going with that. That's my, not in the question, but... My, my thing is when he's he since the talent that he is the route running that he has and the and and the intelligence that that Matthew Stafford has in this league right now eighty percent of their of their uh, Cooper Cup has about a large margin of usage rate when it comes to receivers and and when it comes to targets right and that that distribution has to go somewhere and when you're when oh you're, no it doesn't. You think you think that Odell's going to sit there and he's just going to throw to Cooper Cup like nothing happened? The Cooper Cup is on pace for what nineteen hundred yards this year. But that's they're not also, taking any that's targets also without away. Odell there. That is without Odell. All there, he had was all he had was Woods. Who's got, the third receiver on that team? Van Jefferson. You plug in whoever they just cut Djax because he was complaining he wasn't getting the ball enough. But you put in Van Jefferson, who's been solid all year. You just dump but, it off here and there. But, o- Odell's, but Odell's going to be a guy. D-Jax. He's going to be a security blanket. That's all he's going to be. You got Robert Woods, who you can design plays around, shifty little guy. Cooper Cup is on pace for 1,900 yards. But let that settle in. Where I go, where I go is, we said the same exact thing about AB. AB was supposed to be the security blanket to go 10 yards in, in the slot, run a slant on third down, and that's all his job was. And now he has the highest targets on that team when he's playing. I mean, he well, yes, when he is playing, but. I understand what his problem was. Does he actually have the highest targets on that team? Like he he did at a point this season, yeah. and he did last season. Okay, okay. From when he joined the team, he has the most targets on the books. My thing is when you when you bring in that that talent, what we we knew what a, a B was. We knew that it wasn't the skill. We had no yeah. question on how skill uh, skilled A B was when he left the Steelers. He wanted out. That happened. Then we got wind of what happened in the organization when he went to the Raiders. Then we had the whole Raiders debacle. Then he goes to the Patriots. There was I literally listed this on another show where it was literally like I sat there for a half hour, like 10 minutes in a row listing everything that happened. And then he goes to the Patriots and then he gets cut from the Patriots because of the sexual assault allegations. We knew that he was a skilled player. We just knew that it was the off-field antics that were driving this boat. When we talk about Odell, it's a little bit different because where we go to is he has not had an off-field situation apart from when he cut contact off with the Browns coaches at the end of his tenure since he joined Cleveland. Since New York, his last thing that he had offseason and the last personal thing that he had was New York. So that's what what tells me. And Cleveland's not like the Patriots where, or, or the Steelers is where they're going to hide the things. He just had a he had matured to a point where he knew that that wasn't inducive to his career and it wasn't inducive to winning. And then we look at the skill. He just never had a connection 
with Baker Mayfield. Now, does that say that he's going to have a connection on the Rams offense with Matthew Stafford? I don't know. We said the same thing about whether or not he was going to have a connection with A.B. when you have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on, on both sides of the ball when, we, when A.B. joined the Bucks. My thing is that when, you, when we looked at Odell, we knew that he was skilled. We knew his skill was there. We knew he was injury prone. That was also a factor. But my thing with, with this whole situation is we knew how skillful Odell was and we see the videos of him being wide open and doing his job and just not getting the ball because they are reliant on the ball. So this just looks to me like it's the same situation as A.B. to the Bucks. Don't get it wrong, though. He has had some drops, but you say, you say that Odell has matured since he came to Cleveland. What type of player was he when he was quote-unquote immature then? A guy that put up... 1,300 yards, three years in a row. He was the center of that Giants offense. He was a celebrity in New York. And he comes to Cleveland, and he's kind of in the shadows a little bit. And now he goes to L.A. And don't you expect him to come out and be a celebrity in L.A. because you've already got guys to do that role. You've got Jalen Ramsey. You've got Von Miller. And now you're adding Odell Beckham to an offense that already has its identity. So don't expect him to come out here and be that guy again. He's just going to be another guy in the shadows because that's what he's asked to do. And if he doesn't like it, then he's going to be gone by the end of the year. See, and I don't see that. I don't see him being being just a shadow. I see him they being already have their the identity, second though. option. Well, you saw what happened. Okay, not a shadow in the offense, a shadow in the, the whole character of the team. It was the same thing with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Baker Mayfield was the leader of that team. He was the outspoken leader. And you bring in Odell. And Odell does not have the right to take that away because Baker Mayfield is your quarterback. So you come into this Rams offense, they're arguably the best team in the NFC. They have their identity. They have their superstars. They've got Jalen Ramsey, who is known for just heating up other players. They don't need another guy to come in and take that role away because that's when the tension starts to build. You get this new guy that comes in, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this right off the bat. No, you can't do that. And if he doesn't like his role with the team, then he's gone. I would love to keep going, and I wish that we had more time with you guys, um, or with me and Grant to to argue about this. But uh, I'll give my last last mode. We we are, we are going over time, but I'm just gonna give my last mode. I do not think that Odell is going to come in here. He's gonna be overtaking Cooper Cup because I know what rapport they have. My thing is, you're you're looking like you're you're making him out to be what you know, Grant, like, McCoy was. Or if you're saying this, like, you know, when we go into, like, Higby, what he was two years ago for the Rams, my, I don't, I don't see him being just the third guy to just sit there and have, like, two targets a game, one catch for 10 yards, and that's all he's doing, because that's what he was on the Browns. I see him coming in and overtaking Woods as that second option. And the reason why is because I feel like they are using uh, – Sean McVay is a smart coach, and he knows how to use his skilled players. And what I'm saying is that I think that he's going to be used in the slot instead of on the outside where I've been saying that he should have been played since 2016. And you have that number one outside receiver where you can have Robert Woods on the outside and have Cooper Cup is already used to being all, pl- uh, all around the field. So you could split him outside as well. You can also split out Odell outside on some sense as well. But I think that he's going to live in the slot, and I feel like he's going to be that security blanket thing in the beginning, like A.B. was 
on, or is on the Bucks, and then you're going to spread the wealth around. That's what I think. That that's or at least that's my two cents on the on the Odell thing. Um, if you're listening right now, our talk show is usually at 4:45 on Fridays. This was just a different. We have a ceremony here to uh, open up our new uh, open up our new studio and open up our new building. Um, but we will be back next week at the regular time. Phone booth at 4:45 to 5:15. Uh, I'm Joe Callahan uh, alongside Grant Sheets. Uh, a lot of news. It was good that we got a debate out in the last sections because when we walked in, I didn't know if we were going to have that because of so much that happened. But um, we will be back at our normally scheduled time at 4.45 to 5.15. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.